But the issue is that information itself is not going to take us across safely to the Akhirat. What is going to take us across is that with the knowledge of the knowledge is essential. Without knowledge, we can't do anything correctly. Person doesn't have the knowledge of Taharat. If he doesn't know that there are three faraiz of Musar, for example, and he has to put water, rinse his mouth completely, and then he has to put water into his nostrils up to the fleshy part, and then drench the entire body from head to toe. If he doesn't know this, and if his taharat is not getting obtained, then where is Salah will get fulfilled? He might take tawaf of the Kaaba Sharif also, it will not be valid. So nothing is possible without the basic essential knowledge. But together with knowledge, what is the requirement is Amal. Practice according to that knowledge. And this is the time that we find that despite the amount of knowledge we have at our fingertips, we are still a bit far in terms of practice of, the, of that knowledge. The Hadith Sharif and these foretold that a time will come that لا يبقى من الإسلام إلا اسمه ولا من القرآن إلا رسمه A time will come when only the name of Islam will remain and the script of the Quran Sharif will remain. But the reality of it, the reality of Islam and the reality of the Quran Sharif that will be something else, that will be a totally different issue. The name of Islam will be there, a person will call himself a Muslim. But you won't be able to make out the difference between a Muslim and somebody who is not a Muslim. If you can make it out in terms of the person's physical appearance, then perhaps in the person's character you can't make out who is a Muslim and who is not a Muslim. In terms of the lowness of character, both are equal. If you can make out in terms of the appearance of a person that is a Muslim, then unfortunately when it comes to mu'amalat and dealings, then if you don't know this person was a Muslim, you won't know whether you dealt with a Muslim or you dealt with somebody without imam. That when you discover the premeditated manner in which somebody did the whole deal to take somebody else for a ride, as they say, you won't be sure whether you dealt with a Muslim or not. And this is the other hadith of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Nabi Sallallahu on one occasion said that Bada al-Islamu gharibah that Islam started off like a stranger a stranger somebody who is a total stranger he comes to a place where nobody knows him nobody is familiar with him so people just walk past they don't even greet him nobody asks him anything and he is in need he is in, in hunger or whatever nobody offers him anything because nobody knows him they don't want to associate with him so Islam started off like a stranger also. Initially it was just Nabi Sallallahu and a handful of Sahaba. And nobody wanted to know what this is all about. And Nabi Sallallahu is going from camp to camp in Mina. Mayyaqweeni, mayyansuruni, hatta ubaddiha risalata rabbi. Is there anybody that will give me shelter, give me refuge? Anybody will help me so that I may convey the message of my Rabb. Started off as a stranger. And then with the Fazl of Allah Ta'ala, Islam started spreading. 
and then Islam spread to every nook and corner of the world. And Nabi Islam says, Bada Islam Gariba, Wasayabudu Gariban Kama Bada. But a time will come when Islam will become a stranger again. This might be something very, very difficult to understand. But how will Islam become a stranger again? As we just understood right now, that every person, let alone a Muslim, even a kafir, has every access to all the information on Islam. At the press of a button, he's got every bit of information he wants. How will Islam become a stranger again? People have known more about Islam as a religion now than ever before. So that might be one thing that everybody is aware that Islam is the deen. But when it comes again to the same issue of Amal, Islam will become like a stranger. And a person, for example, in his business, will say, Islam, you stay outside. You stay outside the door. I'll come see you in the masjid. Now my business, I need to do what I need to do. Like the people of Shaykh al-Islam said to him, Asalatuka taqmuruka anna kuruka ma what we want to do in our lives, how we want to deal? Why are you becoming an impediment in this? You stay outside. I want to give somebody a sea ride, as they call it, to keep my boat sailing. I'll give the sea rides. I want to give interest, take interest. It's all my business. Nobody else's business. I'll run my business. How I want to. So Islam becomes a stranger in the person's business. Islam becomes a stranger in a person's home. That how I want to live my life at home, Allah? There's a function, there's a nikah. So Islam has taught us how to conduct that nikah. That the nikah with the greatest barakat is that nikah wherein the least expense is incurred. The person saying, but this nikah will look like a funeral. I need to do it as I want to do it. So that Islam becomes now a stranger in the person's nikah. It comes holiday time. So holiday time, Islam becomes a stranger. You stay, I'll come back after the holiday. I'll see you later. Now I need to dress how I need to dress. I need to be in the middle of all the halls of the public beaches. I need to do whatever everybody else is doing. Allah forbid to be in the gambling dens, to be in the vice places. Because it's holiday time. In Salah, some people believe, Allah forbid, maybe not in Aqidah, but in practice, that when on journey, on Safar, Salah is half. That is holiday, Salah is half. So now when it comes to holiday time, then Islam becomes a stranger. No, you don't come, become an obstacle in the way that I want to have my fun. So, Bada al Islam or Gariba, or say, Udo Gariban Kama Bada. And he starts and says, and become a stranger again. But there will be that band of people always, the two servants of Allah Ta'ala, who will undertake whatever it takes to remain steadfast on Deen. But it will be a very challenging situation. They will sometimes feel isolated, they will sometimes feel alone. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave them the glad tidings already. 
that Islam will become like a stranger. But Fatuba il glad tidings for the strangers, those who will accept to be together with Islam, whether inside the home, whether in the business, whether on the street, wherever. And yes, in the process their hearts will break. In the process their hearts will break. When they are being tempted towards sin and vice, and they are being tempted towards the disobedience of Allah Taala. But at that time, Bazubanihal, as if they every hair of their body is saying, Yatarab Tarab ke jina, Yatahu Arzu ka pina, Yahir Mira Jamu Mina, Yahiyatu Resina. There's a couple of other Balas of Mana, you know, Atasa Bakhtulade. He says, Yatarab Tarab ke jina. That at every step a person is being tested. And at every step he is now being put to the sword that is piercing his heart of all the temptations. But he is saying, let it cut my heart, but I am not going to break the command of Allah. So the tarab tarab ke jina or lahu arzu ka pina. And he is shedding the blood of these desires in his heart. All these haram desires, the desire to go somewhere that is haram, the desire to do something haram, the desire to look somewhere haram, the desire to listen to haram, all these desires that are coming into his heart, he is slaughtering them. He says, Yahi Jamumina, Yahi Mera Jamumina. That that after a while initially the person undergoes this mujahada. And he slaughters those desires in his heart. He doesn't break the command of Allah. Then Allah Ta'ala grants him that peace, that happiness. He says, What somebody else thinks he's going to get in drinking more enjoyment than that and more greater high, the pure high, the spiritual high. Not the high where after that high the person crashes so badly that he was, he doesn't know where he is. That he thought he was floating in the clouds, but he's lying in the gutter. All the filth all the way. This is that high which is a pure high. Since this is the high that a person gets out of sacrificing the haram desires. This becomes his peak of his progress. And when he sacrifices the temptations that are drawing him towards haram, he doesn't give it to him. So this is the need of the moment for us to start moving closer towards amal. Alhamdulillah, the knowledge of deen, at every step this is available. And this is not to be misunderstood, that we should not be paying attention to the knowledge of deen. We should be paying every attention to it. Our children that are attending the matabs, the primary madrasas, we should be paying attention to this to the highest level that this is the foundation of deen that they will get. And whatever later on they will build of deen will be on this foundation. And if we took this casually, we took this for granted, Allah forbid later they'll be trying to build without a foundation. So we should be giving this up every bit of our attention and making sure that our children get this foundation very well. 
Then together with that, we should be equipping ourselves even further with all the aspects of day-to-day -day life. Our aqaid, that is obviously the basis of everything. What is necessary in terms of to know in terms of our ibadat, our mu'amalat, our mu'asharat, akhlaq, all these aspects we should be learning from all of our And together with all this, we should be very conscious about where we are taking this information from, this knowledge from. Not from Gusti Google. Not from anywhere and everywhere. As Sayyid ibn Musayyib rahimahullah, the great Tabi'i among Sayyidun Tabi'in. He one day in Seville, and one person comes who had corrupted beliefs. Some beliefs of his were corrupted. So he came and he said, Can I read one hadith to you? Obviously, the particular hadith that he was intending to recite was an authentic hadith. Sayyid ibn Musayyib rahimahullah says to him, no, Never. I don't want to listen to any hadith from you. He said, okay, my recite an ayat of the Quran Sharif. He says to him, either you wake up from me and move it, or I am going. One of the two of us will have to leave this gathering. I don't want to listen to anything from you. So in any case, now that was Sayyidina Musayyab's gathering, and he said to him, either you go or I will go. So the person then woke up and left. So some others who were in the gathering, they asked him, but what harm would it have done if this person recited an ayat of the Qur'an Jareem? Qur'an Jareem is Qur'an Jareem. You can't read something else. But you refuse to even listen to an ayat of the Qur'an Jareem from him? Since this person has got corrupted beliefs. And I fear that by the time he finishes reciting an ayat of the Qur'an Jareem, and he might just say something thereafter, which might sit in my heart and shake my imam. Who is saying this? A tabiri of this category. Sayyidul Tabirin. Among the Sayyidul Tabirin. And he's saying that I won't even tolerate listening to an ayat of the Quran Sharif from somebody who has corrupted beliefs. Because you don't know how he might distort something in the process. And we take anything and read it. This is a very, very dangerous thing. We should be looking at what we are reading. First, we read the author before the book. And read the author by inquiring from the Almighty Kiram, is this person authentic? And if you don't know about who the person is, when you doubt, give it doubt. That is the safest route. So in any case, what is the requirement is to get closer to Amal. And in this regard, one hadith of Rasulullah that we will discuss briefly, which is linked to the occasion when Nabi Islam says, but this is one simple hadith of Nabi Sallallahu On the one hand is the virtue of the Hafiz of the Quran Sharif, but together with that is a virtue for every single person who takes to this. We have come for Jalsa, we have come maybe just to be part of the gathering, to take the boycott of the gathering. But as we are discussing, the need of the moment is Amal. If inshallah we can take along this one amal also, then we would have really achieved the purpose of this gathering. So the peace also says, Ashrafu Ummati Hamalakul Quran. Who are the really the noble people of my Ummah? So the VIPs of my Ummah. When a person is a VIP, he gets a red carpet treatment. But the red carpet of this dunya, Many a time that red carpet is najis. 
many a person who is walking on the red carpet, people sometimes throw eggs and what not on them too. So that is the reality of the red carpet of this dunya. Sometimes the person has just walked on the red carpet and a short while later he got arrested and he got put into prison room. So that's the red carpet of the dunya. But the VIC treatment of Allah wa ta'ala is unimaginable in this dunya. Allah Ta'ala is saying, who are the VIPs of my Nabi Islam? He is saying, who are the VIPs of my Ummah? So the first category Nabi Islam mentions, Hamalatul Qur'an. The bearers of the Qur'an Sharif. Those who have been blessed with this great na'mat and bounty in their bosom, these are the VIPs of the Ummah. But, at the same time, we should understand this in the light of Several other ahadiths which we have heard many many times, where Nabi Islam says, Man al Quran wa amila bimafi. The person who learns the Quran Sharif and he practices according to it. Learning the Quran Sharif, the same aspect that we are discussing, Amal. The whole thing hinges on Amal. The person who learns the Quran and practices according to it, then Ulbi Sawali Tahutajan Yawal Qiyam. And his parents will be granted this great honor that they'll be given this crown to wear on the day of Qiyamah, which will outshine the sun. But the parents need to take note, the Hafiz needs to take note, that this great honor is hinged on Amal. Man al-Quran wa amila bimafi. As parents, we want this honor. We have made our children a father, alhamdulillah. We should now keep them moving forward in the Amal of the Quran. We should be making the environment of the home conducive to Amal. That means of Talim in the home daily. And this will create an environment of Amal. So, this is the one category when we start and say, these are the VIPs of my Ummah. Now many a person seated here may think, well, this is beyond me. I might maybe even perhaps pass the age. On the one hand, not beyond anybody. If a person wants to become part of the Hamalatul Qur'an, that opportunity is available to anybody at any time. If a person learns half a line daily, and if he can't manage half a line daily, maybe half a line every two days. And if that is not possible, he made it his target that he learn half a line, maybe one line a week. When he will finish off, if he doesn't finish off in dunya, he will be raised among the Ufaz and Akhirat. So he also has an opportunity that he set on the road. If he hasn't finished off and the life is gone, he'll be raised among the Mufas. But despite that being still something available, there's another category which everybody has the opportunity for. Allah Ta'ala says, Nabi Sassam says, Ashabul Layn. That those who keep the night alive in the ibadat of Allah Ta'ala, who fulfill the ibadat of Tahajjud, and this is something which Nabi Islam has strongly emphasized where one hadith of Umama Bahi and Tilaqaranhu, he reports that Nabi Islam said, Alaykum Biqiyamin Layl. That be steadfast on Qiyamun Layl, on the Salah of the Night, the Hajjul. And then Nabi Islam gives the various virtues of this. Now we are in that time of the year especially, and besides that, the zamana that we are living in in general has all these challenges for us. This is a prescription of how to overcome these challenges. 
against the attacks of Nafs and Shaitan. Qiyamul Layl. After the Sunnahs of Isha, the two, two rakats nafil with the niyat of Qiyamul Layl. And in that we make the niyat of Salat al-Tawbah also. In the niyat of Salat al-Hajjah as well. All these niyats can be combined. And in these two rakats in Sharta, you get maybe not first class, but you get the economy class level of all these benefits. And this is every person's challenge. How does he protect himself? Save himself from guna, from sins. How can he get that which was described in that couplet? That he's ready to slaughter the desires that are tempting him to haram. This is a simple prescription Rasulullah is giving us. That we start becoming punctual on this day day. And what is the late part of the night? This is the least. And how, how long you take? Maybe take somebody three minutes. Maybe somebody is two minutes also. So the two rakats, two minutes, three minutes. In the three minutes, what can we not gain? But Shaitan at that time will bring 300 reasons why a person should quickly rush and move away. But it's three minutes. For three minutes, we are gaining all these virtues, all these things. So inshallah, we should try and bring this one amal at least alive. And as we understood, or we heard a little earlier, in the Naat Sharif, that Hanima she took back Rasulullah all the barakat and blessings came along with her. Let us take along this one hadith of the Nisazana, practically in our lives. Make the firm resolutions and inshallah from today I won't miss day. If I can make it at the late part of the night, well and good, but the least is I will make it after Isha at least. And in the process, inshallah, we get all these great rewards and virtues and this great protection from Allah Taala side against the attacks of Nafs and Shaitan. May Allah give us a topic that we bring this harmony to our lives and we remain steadfast on being. Wa'alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa